Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hi there. I hope you're having a good day. I am finishing up the Dig a Bits for this month, which is June. We are in month 10 of our 2018-2019 Digging Deep Study on Authority. This is number four for the month of June, and as you know, last time I talked a little bit personally about why God would, in a practical way, make a restriction on women in worship. Why can't there be women song leaders? Why can't there be women preachers? And of course, the bottom line is what I think about it doesn't matter at all. My wisdom doesn't feel a thimble when compared to the wisdom of the Almighty God, our Creator. It is He that that hath made us, and not we ourselves, Psalm 100. He knows His thoughts are higher than ours. His ways are higher, deeper, higher than our ways. He is the Almighty God. And so it really doesn't matter if I can see a reason for His restrictions on women's roles, both in the home and in the church, and particularly in worship. But, and I don't do this very often, but I wanted to veer just a little bit from our textual talks this time and just talk about some of the practical things that would be different in my life were it not for the fact that God has given me a different role than my husband's. He's restricted me from publicly teaching in worship and he has given me a much more eternal and important role as a mother and a wife in our household. So what are some very practical things that I can see if I were trying to figure out why God put this restriction and what difference it's made in my own life? Well, this might not be that important, but just for this once, I wanted to share some personal things. And last time I talked about five things that it's made different in my own world, in my own perspective, in my own practical daily living. And I want to finish up with five more as we've already delved pretty deeply into the text about this topic this month. Number next, you know, there are a lot of things that, I, that I've done on Sundays in worship, in service, but particularly I want to talk about in service to God on Sunday afternoons and Sunday nights that I would have never done my experiences that have been valuable to my children that we would have never had if I had been preparing the lessons for delivery on Sunday. I can think about times when we went to multiple nursing homes with the children on Sunday afternoons and my son was given opportunities even at very young ages to start ministering to be rolling those wheelchairs and passing out those songbooks and then as he got a little bit older to be reading the scripture and leading the songs and delivering the little messages in those nursing homes real service times on sunday you know i heard used to hear gus nichols say that it's not the lord's hour it's the lord's day so let's spend it in service to the lord well i know 
that we can do different things on Sunday, but I do know that there were some very valuable ways that we spent our Sunday afternoons that we couldn't necessarily have done on other days of the week because those nursing home services were scheduled on Sundays, but that would have, that would have been really hard for me as a mom to get him there if I had been the one who needed to be preparing three lessons on Sunday. I think about uh, times when I remember one afternoon when we went and stood in a life chain in our particular city all Sunday afternoon to protest the legality of abortion and to cause our community to have awareness, to be more aware of the efforts that we were making to try to curb abortion in our city. And this was in uh, a state that's uh, further north than where we live now, but it was a, it was a very valuable experience because I remember talking to my children who were young at the time on the way over about what we were protesting in as, um, I guess, as mild a term as I could in um, explaining to them it, what abortion was, but I remember my son saying to me when we were talking about abortion and what it was, he said, oh, is this something like Mino King Herod? And he didn't say Herod correctly, but he was talking about the time when Herod had the innocents killed at the time of the birth of Jesus. And I said, well, no, he was having them killed Today, moms are choosing sometimes to have their babies killed even as they are being born or right before they're born even. And I remember then he said, oh, you mean like Mino King Fawo? Well, there were lots of teaching times and lots of service times that happened specifically on Sundays. There were times when we had visitors and we were able to take them to lunch or bring them into our home for lunch and have discussions and talk to our children about how important it was to welcome outsiders into the church. There were times when we were able to pick up children in our community and take them to worship with us and have them have a sleepover at our house the night before just for the purpose of inviting them to go to worship with us and maybe inviting their moms to come at the 10 o'clock hour to worship with us so that they could retrieve their children after they'd spent the night at our home. And all of these things, all of these things would have been very challenging if Cindy Colley could have been a preacher. I was doing some things that were, that were important and I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just saying that when I reflect, I can think about how glad I am, how important it was that God gave us distinctive roles and that this not only affects our worship and the tenor of our worship and the submission that we show in worship, but it affects our outside lives too. It keeps us in the place where we can do the most good for our Lord. Next, uh, my husband would of necessity if he'd been sitting in the audience when I, I was preaching or if anybody's husband's sitting in the audience when the wife is preaching he is necessarily becoming subject to her leadership spiritually rather than him exerting the leadership that God has clearly put on him Ephesians 5 Colossians 3 1 Peter 3 we as women would of necessity be taking that spiritual leadership 
to a whole new level that's ungodly, that's not prescribed by the Bible, not just in that worship assembly, but in the decisions that are made in our home because we would be the one who would be pulling the reins spiritually. If obviously, if we were in the pulpit, instructed by elders to be in the pulpit, to be leading our husbands as they were in the audience. Next, my daughter's perspective about male leadership in the home would be a lot different. Just this weekend, I got a text from her and I was uh, struck by this very precept because it was that she and her husband, and this was nothing that was personal that she shouldn't have been sharing with me, but this was a struggle that they were having over a parenting issue. And she just said to me, I really want to do the right thing, mom. So is there something that you think that I should say about this that is both respectful and logical that I could say and still be a godly woman when we disagree about this detail of parenting? You know, I want that. That's the kind of counsel I want her to seek. But I'm not sure we would have all, we would at all have had this sort of a relationship where she was being very careful that she was being submissive in her role rather than trying to teach her Christian husband. I'm not sure we would have had that if she had grown up in a home where the mom was the spiritual leader. And then I, I think about this fact, and maybe I should be embarrassed by this, but there are many times in the history of our world that I would have been emotionally crushed if I'd been a preacher. I've, I think about all the times, and I know that the Bible does describe women as weaker vessels, and I get the reason for that. We are emotionally uh, more tender. We are emotionally more all over the page, might I say. We are emotional in our decision-making, and we are certainly emotionally affected by what other people say. Generally speaking now, I know I'm painting with a broad brush, but generally speaking, more so than our husbands. And I have heard my husband called all sorts of names. I've heard him called, believe it or not, you are nothing but a shriveled up, red-headed persimmon. I, you know, someone got very mad when she was saying that statement against him. And it was just because he had read a scripture in counseling a couple. He had just said, well, here's what God says about it. And that couple had made a decision that the mother-in-law didn't like. And so she was very, very angry at my husband. There was an occasion once, and I really don't like to say this, but there was an occasion once when elders in a congregation called my husband and said, I believe you need to stay away from, and they named a man in the congregation, and I believe you need to stay away from him because he might, he is so angry with what you have preached that he might hurt you. If I had been the preacher, it's pretty bad as it was being the preacher's wife because, you know, it's really easy for us to get into that mode where you can say anything you want to say about me, but don't say it about my husband or my children because my um, inner helicopter protector is coming out. Well, you know, I, I just think about the f what if I had been the one? What if I had been the one who had to look in the eyeballs of these people as they threw tremendous insults and hurled 
uh, accusations against my husband in many different cases. Now, let me just back up and say this. The blessings, the encouragement, the happiness, the contentment that we have known in the family of God has far surpassed and exceeded and outweighed any of the negatives. But I just want to tell you, during those times when the devil gets hold of God's people and there are some pretty mean things occasionally that are said to people who are just innocently and courageously preaching his word, I'm really glad that my husband was that buffer, that he was the one. He's the spiritual leader of our home, and he's going to put his family behind him, and he is going to take the brunt of those difficult times that the devil would like to throw at us. I'm really glad for God's system. And finally, and this is just, a, I guess, just a side note to close with, uh, there would surely have been no digging deep. I mean, if God had made his system his economy in the church where women were preachers, I don't think that we would have groups like Digging Deep where women are contacting women in the, in the tightest two sense of teaching the word. And we are able to relate to one another on a very real and practical level as women who are submissive in the body of God to men. Those kind of groups, that kind of study, that kind of growth, and it has been tremendous growth for me, would not be occurring. Digging Deep, of course, as you know, is not a project of Cindy Colley. It's a project of the Lord. And I, I did not ever mean to start an international Bible study. It just happened one year when I was teaching some material at Polishing the Pulpit. And through a series of events that occurred, this study began and has grown and grown and grown. It's not something that I would ever take credit for. It is uh, something that God, through His providence, has allowed us to do, and we pray that it brings Him glory. But I'm just saying that if the economy of God had been different in His kingdom, if His commandments had been different with regard to the women's roles in worship, groups like this would not exist and and frankly because of all the other reasons that we've listed that are very practical i'm glad that we have this support group for each other i'm glad that we can help each other be what god wants us to be in the very important role that we have of helping to secure little souls eternally and those little souls become big souls one day they become big people one day and their influence broadens and broadens and we are able to do much good not just in the second generation but in the third and fourth if we live our lives the way god wants us to live them thanks for listening and i hope you have a great day if you find yourself in huntsville alabama we'd love for you to worship with us at west huntsville church of christ at providence 1519 old monrovia road northwest sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m followed by bible classes for all ages we meet again at 5 p.m for evening worship and at 7 on wednesday night Digabit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.